Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Defeating the Critical Spirit. Defeating the Critical Spirit. I'm excited to be able to share this with you today. I believe it's a now message. I believe it's a now message to get our hearts right like never before for the people in our life, those that that we hear minister, those who are in the same profession or ministry as we are, those in our family. I believe this message is going to change your life. I believe that there's something on this message that's going to cause your influence to go to a higher level than ever before. Hey, I love sharing with you. Uh, Steve Backlund here. I, I see myself as a belief specialist, a hope igniter, a laughter activator, a joy catalyst, and a leader developer. And I'm so thrilled that you're taking the time to be able to, for me to be able to speak to you. It humbles me, and I just pray for you right now in the season that you're in. I, I just speak breakthrough, I release a blessing over you of confidence, of intimacy with the Lord, of hope like never before. You know, what we believe is more important than what we do. What we do is important, but it's not as important to believe. The question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe? Tell me what to renew my mind with now in this season. Tell me how to think and what to believe and, and I just see that there's revelation coming to you. There's, there's insight. We're not, Romans 12, 2 doesn't say be transformed by trying harder. It says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We certainly need to surrender our heart to the Lord according to Romans 12, 1. But transformation doesn't come from surrendering our heart or sacrificing our time, our money, our dreams, it comes from sacrificing our beliefs. And I'll tell you, the beliefs that need to be sacrificed are beliefs that don't have hope attached to them because those beliefs are under the influence of a lie. Hey, let's get right into this today of defeating the critical spirit. And by the way, critical, I'm going to be talking about this in the negative. When I talk about the critical spirit, by the way, it's not just a, a demonic spirit. It could be if we give so much place to it, but it's an attitude, defeating the critical attitude and certainly critiquing people and criticism. There, there's positives in that, you know, like in literature and music and where there's feedback that's given that's called criticism. And we all need feedback. We all need someone to help us to go higher. But I'm talking today about an attitude. And Jesus gets into this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. It says, judge not. Listen to this like you've never heard it before. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? And look, a plank is in your own eye. 
hypocrite. <laughs> First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I love that. Then you will see clearly. Listen, when we're fault-finding and we're judging people and, and just having negative conclusions about people, we're not going to see clearly. We are going to be under a deception. Now, let's, let's get into this today. And, and I want to just talk about uh, three things in defeating the critical spirit, the fault-finding spirit that primarily sees what is wrong in people in situations. I want to talk about where does it come from, number two, why it is a problem, and number three, how to defeat it. Well, number one, where does it come from? Well, firstly, I believe, especially I'm talking mainly to believers right here, followers of Jesus, I believe it comes from a bad God concept, believing that God is critical with us, believing that God is negative towards us, that he's fault-finding, that he's nitpicky with, with our behaviors, and it comes from a performance-based overly emphasizing obedience and thinking we can never measure up. And then that creates this belief. It creates a belief that God loves us, but he does not like us. And if we believe God loves us, but doesn't like us, then that's going to be a, a main source of what is the next one, self-criticism. Because if a critical attitude, a judging attitude towards others almost always is going to come from a negative, critical attitude towards ourselves. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If we don't love ourselves, if we hate ourselves, we'll hate others. If we're critical towards us, we'll be critical towards others. A, a third reason is a perfectionistic mindset. The spirit of perfection, perfectionism, which is usually married to a religious spirit, it cannot celebrate or become joyful unless there's perfection around it in themselves and others. Therefore, it's, it's constantly nitpicking, trying in a good sense, but a perverted sense, to bring a perfection, to bring a greater maturity into the lives of others. But it doesn't work because it puts a heavy yoke on people. It's what the Pharisees had. They had this perfectionistic attitude that caused people to, come, to not be able to come under. And by the way, it'll just increase wrong. Where does it come from? It also comes from fear. Fear and a poverty mindset. Because we, we believe that other people's success is going to limit how much success we can have. If other people are blessed, then there's only so much blessing to go around. And therefore, we want to tear other people down in our minds. And, and just so that we can have enough. It also comes from pride, feeling like we're better than other people. And, and it's an excuse to, we, as we see other people's faults, then it gives us an excuse for our own fault. As we criticize others, then it can be a justification 
for our own wrong attitudes and our own wrong behavior. That's where I believe it comes from. Why is it a problem? Let me give you some reasons why the critical spirit, the critical attitude, the fault-finding attitude is a problem. First, it, it partners, it's partnering with the devil instead of God. The devil is called the accuser of the brethren. When we accuse people and when we focus on primarily what's wrong with people then or situations, then we're partnering with the devil, not God. It will limit our influence. It's a problem because it will limit our influence. He who has the most hope is the most influence. It's very difficult to influence that which you do not have hope for, that which you do not love, that which you're negative towards. It will cause us, it's a problem because it will cause us to speak death instead of life. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we're critical in our heart, it will eventually come out in words that will be death words, that will be curse words, that will be corrupting words. It says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And it'll cause problems for ourselves and other people. Another reason it's a problem, it will cause others to criticize us. Judge not, lest you be judged. If we are judging others, then we're sowing seeds. We reap what we sow, according to Galatians 6. We will have people criticize us. It's also a problem because it's a sign of a non-prosperous soul. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you be in health and prosper in all things, even as your soul prospers. A fault-finding attitude is one of the signs of a non-prosperous soul that's going to contribute to physical health problems, and it's going to contribute to lack of prospering in other areas of life. And then, lastly, it greatly limits our ability to restore others. Galatians 6.1 says, If anyone's overtaken in a fault, let your spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you are also tempted. And so we realize that we, one of the reasons we overcome, we want to overcome the critical spirit is so that we can restore people and not just cast people to the side who, who have fallen or have sinned. And, all right, so we've talked about where does it come from? Why is it a problem? Let's talk about now how to defeat it. How to defeat it. Well, number one, we defeat it by prioritizing 1 Corinthians 13 love. By prior, prioritizing 1 Corinthians 13 love. We realize it's not in line with that. Some of us, and I know I've had seasons where I've just read it over and over again, a month. I've just feasted on 1 Corinthians 13 so I get it. In the beginning of the chapter, it gives the who's who of revival activities. You know, speaking of tongues of men of angels, understanding all mysteries, all knowledge, just giving ourselves to the flames, giving everything away. But if we have not love, it profits nothing. And then it says, love is kind. Love is patient. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, 
It is the absolute opposite of the fault-finding attitude. We defeat it by prioritizing love. We defeat it by prioritizing a father mindset instead of an elder brother mindset. Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son or the story of the, the lavishing, loving father has three characters, the prodigal, the father, and the elder brother. And by the way, the elder brother in Luke 15, he's the poster child for the critical spirit. <laughs> he's the he, he was critical of his brother, critical of his dad. Just And because of that, he was aloof. He was negative. He, he was just unwilling to give grace to anybody else. And listen here, the default, God wants to move us from an elder brother mindset to a father mindset. The default of the elder brother mindset is to first see what's wrong with a person or place. But the default of a father mindset is to first see what's right with a person or place. Now, just because that's our default, that doesn't mean we don't have boundaries. It doesn't mean we're not, that we're, we're gullible, but it's, what we're looking for. We're primarily looking for, with the father mindset, what's right in a person, what's right in a place, what's right in a church. That is powerful. How we defeat it, we, we take the plank out of our own eye before we try to take the speck out of our Brothers, when we're tempted to criticize, we, we realize there's something within us that's bigger, that's causing us to see the way we're seeing, to cause us to fixate on what we're fixating. That's a plank, and it's bigger than anything we're seeing, almost always in other, other situations and, and with other people. So we, we overcome it, the critical spirit, by... By when we're tempted, we, we remove, we, we allow the Lord to take something out of our own lives that's bigger. Another way to defeat it is the moment we are tempted to criticize somebody or someplace or a group of people, a leader, our child, our spouse. When we're tempted to inwardly criticize maybe a political party. Uh, whatever we immediately turn at the prayer we immediately we 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 invest in prayer we say father bless them father put your hand on them give them wisdom just cause them to know your goodness cause them to to just be overflowing with your blessings you know we keep doing that the enemy is going to stop planting thoughts in our minds of fault-finding and criticism towards others, and then just feed on hope. Feed on hope. My book, The Culture of Empowerment, How to Champion People, is an excellent book for those who want to take what I'm talking about in this message. We've got two versions of it. The one first version is has the biblical basis for it, then the second version is the, it's called the culture of empowerment business and organizational version. 
We took the Christianese out of it because we're trying to reach a broader audience. But both those books will annihilate, I believe, annihilate the critical spirit, but more importantly, replace it with how to see people and to be an empowering person. You know, as I wrap this up today, I'm reminded of when we were pastoring in Nevada in the 90s, my wife and I, there was a gold mine there and they moved hundreds of tons of dirt a day, but nobody ever talked about dirt. They only talked about gold and people won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you believe there's gold in them and you're looking for gold in them. Fault-finding, critical spirit people are thinking that dirt removal is the purpose of relationships and leadership and influences. People have started websites criticizing other ministries and just pointing out dirt on people and thinking that that attitude is going to be, be helpful. <laughs> It's not helpful. It, it's not helpful. There may be times that we need to share uh, things to warn people about, but it, the spirit that it comes from is going to be different than so much of what we see in the media, uh, even in Christian circles and in the cancel culture that's going on. Wow, wow, wow. Take it a few extra minutes than normal on our podcast, but I'm just really believing this message. Listen, we're going to cancel the cancel culture. I did a podcast and message on that recently. You may want to find that uh, blog on that and because this goes along definitely with it. Defeating the critical spirit. Hey, thanks so much. Hey, by the way, got a couple announcements I want to give April 29th and 30th here in Redding, California, Wendy and I, my wife, are doing a two-day, full days, all day and evening on a Friday and Saturday night here in Redding, California, April 29th and 30th. You like the content of what you hear in these podcasts. Wait till you have Wendy sharing on that. Some of you know that. You can, If you want to come to Redding, we've got limited seating, so don't wait if you want to be a part of this and... You can go to IgnitingHopeAcademy.com, IgnitingHopeAcademy.com. And if you can't come, we've got an online version. It's going to be powerful and we'll never be the same again. And also, we have a few online courses coming up. Beginning of April, Thriving Church Leadership Course, a 12-week course using my book, Help, I Am a Pastor. It's great for senior leaders, spouses, leadership teams. It is a book that... And it's a course that is transformational, three to four hours a week, podcast driven, one weekly video, assigned reading that you're going to have. Why don't you find somebody else and do that with another church leader, uh, somebody who feels called into the ministry? It'll be a great course, IgnitingHopeAcademy.com, Thriving Church Leadership. Connie Jones from my team is also in the beginning of May, or in May is going to be doing an online course called Reigning in Life. And then my brother, Phil Backlin, who helped me write, he's, a, he's the other Dr. Phil, helped me write the book, Culture of Empowerment, both versions. We are doing a 12-week online course in the summer, June, July, and August, summer northern hemisphere here. Uh, it's three, four hours a week. And there's also, just as there's thriving church leadership, there's going to be 
uh, interaction with me, Q&A on live sessions. There's Q&A sessions that Phil and I will be doing during the summer. So those are things just to be aware of. Coming up, not signed up for our newsletter, go to ignitinghope.com and you can hear about all these things, all the things. There's future books coming. We're in a great season. And by the way, we are here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And remember also, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. You know, for most of us listening today, today's just not a good day to be radically joyful. <laughs> you know, I found out this. There's hardly ever a time to be radically joyful. And, but I need strength today. So how do, we, how do we stir up the joy of the Lord to be our strength? We stir it up through thanksgiving, focusing more on what we have than what we don't have. We stir it up through testimonies hearing testimonies of God's goodness and breakthrough and provision in the lives of others because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And we stir it up by delighting ourselves in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And here's the key. We are delighting with unfulfilled desires. And as we delight in the Lord, when we delight in his goodness, when we say, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in this situation. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in this family situation. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my nation. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my finances, in my health. As we delight in the Lord, he gives us the desires. He'll change any desires that are out of whack and we will see the fulfillment of desires. Wow, wow, wow. One final thing. I've been doing this and it's been so powerful. And it's, I've been modeling how as we attach faith to small things, it becomes big. As a young leader, I said, Lord, I can't wait until I do something great for you. He said, Steve, instead of waiting to do something great for me, why don't you attach great faith to what you're doing now and it will become great. And we have so many things that are coming at us and we feel powerless, but we're not powerless. And so even a five second prayer, and that's what I've been asking you to do just on the last few months on these podcasts. I've, I've said, hey, let's take five seconds. Will you do that? Will you pray five seconds and attach faith to it for Igniting Hope Ministries, for Wendy, for me, praying for our health, praying for our influence, praying that people's lives will be transformed and that we'll be a part of what God's saying. We're praying for you, and we thank you for praying for us. So why don't you take five seconds right now and pray for us here at Igniting Hope. Amen, amen. Woo-hoo! That made a difference. Just, just say my prayers are powerful and effective. They are. Hey, if you like these podcasts, why don't you tell somebody else about it? And why don't you, uh, if you can, just send us a, an email at info at ignitinghope.com and just tell us they're blessing you. And if you want to sow into and you feel God's leading you to sow in, we believe we're a good soil. 
financially into Igniting Hope, you can go to ignitinghope.com and find the donate button. Hey, bless you. I'm going to be in Atlanta, Georgia at Bethel, Atlanta on the last Sunday of March, which will be right after some of you listen to that. I'm going to be in Concord, California, first Sunday in April. And then I'm going to be in Germany to, for about 10 days in Germany in May. You can find out about those things on ignitinghope.com on our itinerary, or you can email us at info at ignitinghope. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.